What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. You're listening to the BBM Global Network with 25 years in broadcast audio and video production. Our passionate team creates content and marketing for the world of Internet talk radio. If you've got a passion, come join us at bbmglobalnetwork.com. The BBM Global Network. Your voice is now heard. To All About Nursing with your host, Dr. Joyce Batchelor. Executive Nurse Advisor Dr. Batchelor will present the significant role nurses play in providing health care in a multitude of healthcare settings. Listen to some of today's key nurses who work and practice in academia settings and talk about the challenges they face in today's modern medical world. So please welcome the host of All About Nursing, Dr. Joyce Batchelor. Good evening. I'm your host, Dr. Joyce Batchelor, and all about nursing, and we're live on the BBM Global Network in TuneIn Radio. I have a very exciting guest that I'd like to share with you a little bit of her background, and this is Shauna Butler. She is a nurse economist and health tech specialist. She's a leader and wave maker among a growing community of clinicians, pioneering digital health technologies, a nurse economist, a health tech specialist and builder of the global entrepreneur nurse movement. Shauna aims to better position nurses in our health innovation agendas as discovery engines, solution designers, and scale agents. Several years ago, she initiated a global conversation highlighting the rarity of nurses in boardrooms, product design, innovation teams, policy development, tech conferences, and health media. She's on a mission to change that. Shauna hosts See You Now, a podcast highlighting the innovative and and human-centered solutions driven by nurses addressing today's challenging healthcare problems. She's also the managing director of the Exponential Medicine Conference, working with tech pioneers, developing digital health solutions and integrating them into our lifestyles to improve our health, access to care, health experience and outcomes. I also have a second guest who is Rebecca Love. She is also a nurse entrepreneur inventor, author. She uh, ended up being the first nurse featured on TED.com and part of the inaugural nursing panel featured at the South by South by in 2018. Rebecca was the first director of nurse innovation and entrepreneurship in the United States at Northeastern School of Nursing, the founding initiative in the country designed to empower nurses as innovators and entrepreneurs, where she founded the nurse hackathon, the movement that has led to transformational change in the nursing profession. And she's also 
been a, in a group of leading nurses in the world, founded and is president of the Society of Nurse Scientists, Innovators, Entrepreneurs, and Leaders, which is a not-for-profit that has really been attaining recognition by the United Nations as a, an affiliate member to the UN. So I have two very, very wonderful guests with me this evening, and I'd like to get started by maybe having you, Shauna, tell us a bit about what are the biggest problems in healthcare today, and why is innovation so important in healthcare right now? So Joyce, thank you so much for hosting this show and convening a lot of um, listeners around some really important topics. Um, let me just, just jump right in from the standpoint of, and I'm going to answer this pre-pandemic because this hasn't changed, um, access, affordability, and equity. And we, we generally like to do things in three, but I, I think it's also really incumbent upon um, in, in this conversation to add the word safety to that and the concept of safety. And when we think about um, these very broad topics, access, oftentimes when we say access, what are we thinking about? And that tends to be, we, we think about the geography, but access also has to do with somebody's um, mobility, uh, their, avail their availability to have transportation, their language skills, their cognitive skills. Access is a whole lot, and we need to have a lot of innovation around that. COVID has absolutely changed that. Affordability. Um, before the, the coronavirus came upon us, we already had a situation where too many people didn't have access to affordable care or the care that they had wasn't affordable to them. Um, they don't have insurance policies that they can afford. They have super high deductibles, uh, medications that they're trying to, to afford. Um, and in the pandemic now, we've got more and more people who have lost their careers or their jobs or those jobs have gone away. And along with that has been insurance. So the affordability crisis has gotten even bigger. Equity, oh my heavens, this pandemic has been a great clarifier for us. We, we've known that we have inequitable care. We know that we have disparities. It is screaming at us at this moment. And then safety, safety is so, I mean, it's the third, medical errors are the third leading cause of death in our hospital systems. So. When I think about what are some of the really biggest challenges, I put them in very big buckets. And those are the ones that I'm thinking about. And you ask why is innovation important? Because in order to solve these problems, we can't keep doing things the way we have been doing for several reasons. One, COVID. We have to rapidly rethink how we're going to deliver care and how people are going to access it. We're going to have to think about new business models. We definitely have to address equity and safety has never been more paramount. Our health systems have been designed around an in-person, face-to-face interaction in a bricks and mortar type of setting. And that's dramatically changed. We can't have people congregating in an emergency waiting department. We can't have people congregating in reception areas the way we used to do group care. Those things right now are, we have to rethink that. So when you take a look at these really big challenges, and why we need innovation, I think the question is, how much faster can we drive the innovation? Yeah, that's great. I think those are uh, all extremely important issues. Uh, Rebecca, is there anything that you would like to add to what Shauna has described? 
Yes, well, thanks, Trace, for having me. And Shana, that is so well said. And I, I think that, um, you know, as, as you point out, COVID is such a disruptor. And as I look at the, the market around us within healthcare, I see COVID both as the end of so much of what we knew in healthcare and the beginning of so much that's going to change. Because how we used to operate healthcare before COVID actually came onto the scene was a way that we had been operating in healthcare for decades, if not generations. And what we're finding, to Shauna's point, is that all of this disruption is happening in a way that we can no longer to continue to uh, conduct healthcare the way that we did before because it's no longer safe. And the one thing that we uh, strive in healthcare to be is to save patients' lives and keep them safe. So I think that the, the, the definition of when innovation can really take hold is when in those moments that the system that you've designed is breaking because of the environment that we're in doesn't allow for the way that we used to conduct business to continue operating. And that is where you have a chance in the dire moments to truly innovate, transform healthcare, and in those moments where normally in healthcare you would spend decades researching the potential outcomes, the potential problems, the potential solutions, you don't have that time. And that's the difference between research and innovation and moments like these where we really have to adopt that mindset that the risks of not innovating far outweigh the, the necessity to drive innovation forward. Yeah, you know, Rebecca, when you hit on that, I was just going to say that um, it has been oftentimes that people think that innovation is a nice to have, a sexy thing to be doing, and it, it was like kind of where all of the the, um, the excitement was. And this the this pandemic has really changed that. It's no longer a nice to have. It is an, it is an imperative. We cannot Absolutely. afford not to be innovating. I mean, and, and I just want to say from the standpoint of um, one of the things that I have seen and I've been very excited about is that those teams, those health systems, those organizations that embraced innovation and had a culture, a mindset, a budget, a very dedicated part of innovation, they are the ones who are the most swiftly and the most um, nimbly responding and solving this. And they're... They are gaining the they're they're experiencing the dividends. The innovate was what I refer to as the innovation dividends by having had that. And those folks who are like, you know, I think I'm gonna hold off on this, that technology's really far away, they they're the ones who are really struggling with having to make changes rapidly. Mm-hmm. That's really very important. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about that in just a few minutes. Right now, this is all about nursing. I'm Dr. Joyce Batchelor. We're live on the BVM Global Network and TuneIn Radio, and it's time for us to take a short break. According to the American Nurses Association, there are approximately three and a half to four million nurses in the United States. So where do all these nurses work? What kind of roles do they have? What kind of education and training help to prepare them for so many different settings? What kind of impact do nurses have on patient outcomes? The World Health Organization has announced that 2020 will be the Year of the Nurse, honoring the 200th birth anniversary of Florence Nightingale. An international initiative called Nursing Now is underway to raise the profile of nursing. The National Academy of Medicine has convened a committee to create the future of nursing 2020 to 2030 that will focus on how the nursing profession can create a culture of health, reduce health disparities, and improve the health and well being of the U.S. population. Learn more and join Joyce Batchelor on All About Nursing, Wednesdays from 7 to 8 p.m. Central Standard Time on the BBM Global Network. 
Are you struggling to care for elderly parents or a spouse? Do you wonder if being a caregiver is making you sick? Are you worried about taking time off work to care for elderly parents and balance work, life, and caregiving? Has caregiving become exhausting and emotionally draining? Are you an aging adult who wants to remain independent, but you're not sure how? I'm Pamela D. Wilson. Join me for the Caring Generation radio show for caregivers and aging adults, Wednesday evenings, 6 Pacific, 7 Mountain, 8 Central, and 9 Eastern, where I answer these questions and share tips for managing stress, family relationships, health, well-being, and more. Podcasts and transcripts of the Caring Generation are on my website, PamelaDWilson.com plus my caregiving library, online caregiver support programs, and programs for corporations interested in supporting working caregivers. Help, hope, and support for caregivers is here on The Caring Generation and PamelaDWilson.com. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to All About Nursing, live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. I'm Dr. Joyce Batchelor, the host of the show, and I have two very a distinguished guest with me this evening, Rebecca Love, who is a nurse entrepreneur, inventor, author, and has just a lot of great experiences that she's going to be sharing with us. And Shauna Butler, who's a nurse economist, health tech specialist, and hosts a See You Now podcast that, again, is really about innovation. And it's been great hearing a lot of the things that you were describing in the first part of our show. So, Rebecca, maybe you could tell us a little bit more about why you think nurses are well positioned to lead innovation. Yeah, Joy. So I think that nurses are always on the front lines. They stand between the patient and healthcare on a, on an hourly basis uh, to basically be at the forefront. And as John has always said, you know, they manage hundreds of thousands of dollars of highly complex medical equipment, technology, and uh, and and devices every day to keep patients alive at the bedside. They see the breakdown. They see all the quagmires. They see where the, uh, the all the, the leakage points are in healthcare. And for a very long time, nurses were told, stay in your lane, do your job. So we kept doing the same thing over and over again. And what we started to recognize was that when you actually gave nurses the opportunity to address the problems that they were seeing, they started to solve problems that were not only specific to them, but were systemic across their entire healthcare system. So when you give nurses this opportunity, they start to solve challenges that save patients' lives, not because it makes money, but because it saves patients' lives. And one of the things that I think is so incredible about what's going on in COVID was um, Johnson & Johnson uh, years ago ran in, created an incredible story documentary on the history of nurse innovation. And, and Linda Benton will often say, when we went and we looked at trying to find the history of nurse innovators throughout the legacy of the last 200 years of the nursing profession, we had to hire a person who is an expert in the deep web to find those stories. Because no no one had ever documented the stories of the impacts nurses had made to transform healthcare. And this is everything from the treatment of polio to Florence Nightingale and, and on dealing with um, the spread of infection to more recently how you treated Ebola on the front lines of Africa. And what she said more recently, though, um, regarding an event that we had done recently, was when we went out to find nurses and as they were innovating during COVID, we had no problem finding those stories. 
Because from the time of 2017 to 2020, the movement of nurse innovation, the recognition that nurses actually had a lot to say based on a lot of the work that Shauna and I and a, a group of others who just have kept hounding this conversation, bring them to the table, let them identify these. Suddenly, thousands of healthcare systems were recognizing that their nurses on the front lines of COVID had the answers that they needed to solve some of these challenges. And there'll be new documentaries coming out to feature those nurses as what they have done to save patients lives and Shauna what, what do you have some thoughts on that as well yeah actually the from the standpoint of historically nurses have always been innovators and we tend to use the language that talks about them being at the bedside but nurses are everywhere I mean they're in gas stations they're in libraries they're on soccer fields are in so many different places and what they bring I, I really when people ask me about this I, I want to point out a couple things there's proximity one they're proximate to the problem two they have lightning speed feedback loops um, they are so close to watching how things change that they have these unparalleled feedback loops they are closest to the suffering and that is a really key piece because when you're close to the suffering it brings urgency and conviction to innovation and the last one really is they have super high unparalleled levels of trust. And when you're talking about innovating, you're talking about asking people to do different things, to experiment and try different um, ways of receiving their care. And particularly the way we're doing COVID right now, we're asking new moms to come in and first of all, not be seen as, as frequently when they're pregnant, when they're um, having uh, fetal distress or need to be monitored. We're monitoring at home and using a remote monitor. When they come in to deliver, we've got to do a bunch of testing. They are delivering with a face mask on. And in order for people to feel confident and that they are safe, it requires an enormous amount of trust. And so when you think about what's required to innovate, nurses have some unique advantages that our, our team members, our health innovation team members, and just remember, health innovation is a team sport. We need everybody doing a lot of different things. And so, yes, nurses have an, a really key and important role to do that, but we do it together in teams. You know, as you were speaking, I was thinking about the fact that I think nurses have been innovating for a long time and they've had a lot of innovative ideas that they've given to different vendors that have gone out and created products based on their feedback, but the recognition was not there uh, when the product was actually created. And I think that we've gotten smarter about that kind of thing. And um, and I, having been a system chief you're, nurse for a long time... You are absolutely right about yeah. that. When we start digging into the troves around all sorts of different feeding tubes or bandages or braces or yeah. how somebody who um, was aphasic learned to communicate, we knew alphabets, signing, communication, feeding, toileting, you know, mobility. There are so many things that nurses have created. What we haven't done, and I think we can't really have this conversation without separating out the fact that it's a very gendered profession. And a lot of those advances were developed by nurses who are women. And so oftentimes they were not given credit and it had more to do with the fact that they were female than it had to do with they were nurses. But the nursing part amplifies it. And yes. I think also to that point, Joyce, and I would love to get you to finish that thought. Um, what we started to see is when we built the first nurse innovation and entrepreneurship program in Northeastern, 
what we realized is hospital systems didn't even have policies in place to help nurses innovate. So there were always standard policies and procedures and legal documents that were put in space for physicians to develop innovations within the hospitals, but none existed in any hospital system for nurses to do that exact same thing. Now that's changed. We had the first appointment for the first director of innovation at Massachusetts General Hospital in the name of Hiam Nadell this past year. In their entire history of that hospital system, it was the first time that a hospital system appointed a nurse to become the director of innovation. We see people like Nancy Albert, whose title of chief nurse uh, officer of research now is including a title of innovation alongside of it. These titles did not exist. This idea did not exist three to five years ago. And it has been through a tremendous amount of really hard lifting and conversations like these that have said, why? Why did we never look to nursing? <laughs> and why did we never recognize the value that they're bringing to healthcare? And, and, and what were you thinking on that, Joyce? You've been in this experience before, I'm guessing, that you've walked through and people have asked your advice and you've and you've given it, um, but there was yeah. never an idea on how you yourself could develop. Yeah, I would say that I always believed that the staff had the answers and our jobs as leaders was to listen and figure out how to help them with the ideas that they brought forward and remove barriers for the things that weren't working. So we can talk more about that in a little bit. We're coming to you live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. This is all about nursing. I'm Dr. Joyce Batchelor, and we'll continue the conversation when we come back. Mike Zorick, a three-time California state champion in Greco-Roman wrestling at 114 pounds. Mike, blind since birth, was born in Hartford, Connecticut. He was a six-time national placer in including two seconds, two-thirds, and two-fourths. He also won the Veterans Folk Style Wrestling twice at 152 pounds. In all these tournaments, he was the only blind competitor. Nancy Zorick, a creative spirit whose talents have taken her to the stage and into galleries and exhibitions in several states. Her father, a commercial artist who shared his instruments with his daughter and helped her fine-tune her natural abilities, influenced her decision to follow in his footsteps. Ms. Zorick has enjoyed a fruitful career doing what she loves. Listen Saturday mornings at 12 Eastern for The Nancy and Mike Show for heartwarming stories and interesting talk on the BBM Global Network. Did you know that your beliefs create your entire reality, but it's the subconscious beliefs that do most of the creating? Belief Shifter and Life Coach Shiraz can help you identify those limiting beliefs and eliminate them, often in a single session. Like it was almost instant, like... I had relief right away. Creating better health, relationships, careers, and finances. Let Shiraz help you step out of safety and into awareness. Definitely something's happening. Uh, it's like a, a flow inside. You know, it feels good. Whether in person or online, Shiraz provides personal coaching, belief shifting. Visit Shiraz at energeticmagic.com or call 416-529-7429. Energetic Magic on the BBM Global Network, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Find your greater happiness. Be well. Be aware. Be magical. I'm your host, Dr. Joyce Batchelor. This is all about nursing, and we're live on the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. And before the break, my two guests, Rebecca Love and Shauna Butler, were talking about a lot of the uh, really wonderful ways that nurses are positioned to really lead innovation. 
and talking about how it initially it was hard to find what nurses had done that really could be classified as innovation. And we were talking during our break that it's also many times linked to the fact that nurses are very humble and tend to say, well, no, that's just my job. Well, no, though, sure, you can have that. And we tend to share liberally. And I have a colleague when she started as the, uh, vi the vice president for legal affairs, uh, one of the first things she started teaching us was intellectual property. And that was fascinating for us to be learning about. So um, I really think what you're talking about is awesome. So maybe what would be great, and I love this question, is what things do clinicians need most to boost their innovation chops? Shauna, maybe um, we can start with that. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll start with that. Um, the first thing is I think that there needs to be encouragement, enablement, and a budget. And when I say encouragement, oftentimes, as Rebecca had mentioned earlier, nurses have been told to stay in their lane. Oftentimes, they are in employee roles where they are hired to perform and to manage tasks. And when you think about that, um, and, and Joyce, you've run so many different health systems, and we have so many colleagues who they really are in charge of making sure that patient care is delivered safely, effectively, all of that. And we are budgeted toward that. So we don't set aside time and enable or a budget that says we want to collect your insights. We want you to be those um, problem discovery engines. We want you to help us develop a set of insights to help us understand why does this problem keep happening? Um, what are your thoughts about what a solution might look like? So if we don't create, first of all, encouragement to say, you know, when you find something that's not working, please let us know. Let's, let's put time aside for that. The enablement part portion is we haven't set aside time. And most of the innovations that nurses deliver currently, they're done as a hobby. And that's not sustainable. It's, you know, there's no compensation for it. There's no time for it. There's no um, lab or any space for it. And so the other part, then, once you think about that mindset and the encouragement and, and a budget, and I mean in terms of uh, a location, a time, and compensation for it, you also need to have exposure to and time with to learn and experience, experiment with a lot of the new and different technologies and, and the different problem solvers. Increasingly, we are a data-driven society, and we need to be able to understand how AIs work. Well, I, you know what, I, it's, it's always, Shawna just has such a vision and uh, just such a good way of words, and I, I think to your, your question, Joyce, when I think about innovation, uh, the reason that I feel so passionate about it is I'm looking at the statistics staring us in the face in nursing, which is half of our nursing workforce is over the age of 50, 70% of our workforce is over the age of 40. But the scariest statistic that drives me to think, oh my gosh, this nursing profession is in serious trouble, is that the most recent studies are showing 50% of our new grads are leaving the bedside within two years of practice. Of those numbers, 50% are leaving the profession in its entirety. That is the largest exodus of any profession in the world that no one is talking about. And why are our best? We graduate in the United States, 250,000 nurses a year, and we lose more than 125,000 of those every two years. Why are they leaving? In my opinion, nurses are leaving, and I talk 
to a lot of them. They're burning out. They don't see career paths. One thing that we never did in nursing was look at the profession and say, what is your career path? How can you make a difference? How do I not feel like the first day of my career is going to be the last day of my career and I'm going to live Groundhog's Day over and over again and that the people that are going to drive my career, I have no real control over where or what I do next. To me, innovation is about empowering a profession to own their world of knowledge and expertise. And no one ever did that for nursing. Outside of nursing research, we were never given that opportunity to truly share our expertise and knowledge to drive those changes. And fundamentally, I don't think that the next generation behind us is ever going to accept what so many of us did by the bedside, which was you have a job, you're task oriented. We are too smart of a profession and the next generation coming next needs to see that if they wanna be the best, they wanna transform the future of healthcare, then they should be a nurse. Because there is no profession, in my opinion, that has the better skill sets or the understanding that 360 degree worldview of both the patient, the healthcare system and the providers, the nursing does. And until we address why we're losing so many of our professions, the best who are coming into it, to me, the only way we're going to save that is if we start to look our profession in the eye and say innovation is really the best way for us to move forward. Yeah, the other, yeah. The other part of that, Rebecca, just adding on to that is um, when you think about the, the best and the brightest coming out of, they're going out of high school and they're moving into college, and you ask them, what are you going to study? If you want people to come into the caring professions, one of the really important parts of that is how do we embrace technology? Because the finance sector, the transportation sector, the um, energy industry, they're all embracing technology. And that is part of their lives. And if we're not, how are we going to get the, the interest of 16 and 17-year-old black and brown boys to come in and say, yeah, I want to be a nurse and be excited about that. And also our girls who want to be in STEM. And if we don't embrace the technologies and be leaders in them, then how are we expecting that our best and our brightest who are really redefining the future of work, the future of our civilizations, how we interact with each other, why would they want to go into the caring professions when we're not leading with um, an innovation agenda? Yeah, you know, I think one of the things that I would tell you was a pet peeve I've always had is when they talk about when they talk about uh, non-productive time, like when you were talking about staff having time to like really innovate and think about it, and and I think that's one of the big pieces is turning that around as far as like time that's an investment and to, and then helping people come up with a way to talk about the return on that investment. So we'll talk a little bit more about that. We're coming to you live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. This is the All About Nursing show. I'm Dr. Joyce Batchelor, the host, and we'll be right back. Master of words, powerful player. What life-changing words can Dr. Janet Smith-Warfield pull out of her magical toolbox that just might mysteriously open a door you never knew was there? A door to free yourself from fear forever. 
Transform your rage into right action. Release your guilt. Position you into a life of freedom, purpose, passion, power, and peace. All quite suddenly, unexpectedly, and almost miraculously, with no effort on your part. Join Dr. Janet every Monday at noon Eastern on Dancing with Words, Dancing with Wisdom on the BBM Global Network as she and her guests show you how words map our experiences, immersing you in a sound bath that relaxes your muscles, opens your mind, and supports you in co-creating your extraordinary life. Tune into It's All About You with host Dr. Martha Latz, a lively weekly broadcast on BBM Global Network, one of the most empowering shows for time-starved, overscheduled multitaskers. The professional expertise of Dr. Latz is directly available live every Thursday at 1 p.m. to answer and address concerns about relationships, life transitions of career, meeting, dating, and committed relationships. It's All About You with Dr. Latz will expand your understanding of current and concerns across your relationships by broadening and expanding possible solutions in developing skills for mutually desired outcomes. Dr. Martha's expertise is as a licensed marriage and family therapist, life, transition coach, and all things to do with communication at work, home, and with friends. Check out her website at auniquetherapycenter.com. You're listening to All About Nursing live from the BBM Global Network in TuneIn Radio. I'm Dr. Joyce Batchelor, the host of the show, and I have Rebecca Love and Shauna Butler, who are two very extraordinary nursing leaders who are doing a lot of very innovative work and sharing uh, why nurses are well positioned to really help to change what we need to change in healthcare. So, Shauna, you have a front row seat to many of the emerging technologies that are shaping health and care delivery, which ones are you really excited about? Well, um, so in my role as managing director for the Exponential Medicine Conference, and really it's a community, I have, I mean, truly a a wonderful um, seat in seeing some of these really, um, they're emerging technologies, but they're actually, they've been around for a while. but, But I think one of my favorites is I love drones. And what I love is how it is really helping us to solve a whole host of mobility problems. Um, when you take a look at how it's being, how drones are being used right now to deliver medications in high traffic and congested areas, how we're using them for disaster response um, in parts of Africa, that is drones are being used to deliver blood supply. And the vast majority of people that they're serving are postpartum women who they need to, they, they don't have an infrastructure in place. And so by using these drones, or a road infrastructure, and so by using the drones, they're actually able to bypass the fact that they don't have existing road infrastructure and they can get blood in a, in a very short period of time into remote areas for moms who are hemorrhaging. And so it's, it's really interesting to see the applications of drones. I mean, there are a whole host of other you know, non-healthcare applications, but I'm really fascinated. And right now with COVID, um, what we saw happen in China when they were trying to do temperature checks in a physically distanced way, they were using thermometers, uh, digital thermometers, and checking people in apartment complexes. So they'd come out on their balcony and they'd use a drone to test those. So it's one of my favorites. I absolutely love drones. Um, I'm also, as I mentioned, we're, we're moving more and more using artificial intelligence 
with huge data sets and machine learning that help us gather a set of insights across this huge amount of data. And that's going to be more and more important as we're using drug discovery and we're developing vaccines and we're figuring out um, who's susceptible, where the clusters of outbreaks are, how we're going to manage safely um, in a place, in a moment in time where we have a novel virus where we do not have any vaccine or therapeutic for it. And I think the other ones that really capture my imagination and where I'm seeing some very clever uses are VR. And when I say VR, I mean two types, voice recognition, and we're going to really need that as we do a lot more hands-free and virtual reality. And when we move into virtual reality, when we think about how we might prehab a person getting ready to go for a procedure, how we're doing their post-rehabilitation, um, how we're doing trainings and simulations, and how we're building out new um, care environments. We have the ability to simulate what that environment's going to look like, how we're going to choreograph it. We put teams together, and we can address a whole range of iterations of how care might be. You know, if you're taking care of a three-year-old or a 30-year-old, somebody who's verbal, who's nonverbal, it gives us so much flexibility to train and to anticipate what the um, real-life experience is going to be like. So there are tons of technologies that are out there, but when you ask me my favorite, it's kind of like asking me what my favorite child is, but I have to say at the top of that list, I just love drones. <laughs> That's great. And how about you, Rebecca? Do you have uh, some favorites that you're really excited about as well? So, you know, with, with regards to Sanseal, we started to host weekly nurse meetups um, as COVID hit. Um, so nurses would tune in from around the world, and we would have about 100 to 200 nurses tune in for an hour a week um, as this, this crisis hit. And that's when I started to see how quickly nurses were innovating on the front lines. And these were things that, um, by accident, we found out on the phone one night that they had flipped a patient over who couldn't breathe under their stomach. Now, this is, this is very unusual, right? You don't ever mm -hmm. put patients prone when they can't breathe. And it was right. by accident that the nurses are like, we have to do this because this person keeps pulling off their mask and they're totally uncomfortable on their back. And they went on their stomach and suddenly that person was able to breathe again, which stopped an and I don't know if you know this, but patients that are intubated with COVID are dying at the rate of 86%. So the prognosis yes. is very poor to be poted. So when that nursing staff pronated that patient, it was counter to everything we learned. High fowlers, things like this, and the nurses had to do it because it was going to save a patient's life. So to keep patients prone, they had to keep innovating because people with large abdomens that were obese, they started to use pregnancy pillows because the nurses are like, pregnancy pillows are cut out like that in massage tables. And delivery tables that remember this, they started to pull these resources out. And then they started to realize, you know what, if we intubate these patients, it's spraying all over us and it's aerosolizing into the air. So it was nurses who came forward and developed these sheets of plastic to go over and help contain these contaminants that were going on. And what other things that we just saw, we recognized that when these patients were confused, they were talking about how they would pull off their non rebreather mask. So nurses were calling me and saying, I'm using this tape method to keep this patient on rebreather in, and it prevents them from having to get intubated. So the innovations that I started to hear, and we ran these for five weeks, were nurses who had to stand between life and death 
and had to make decisions on things that we could do. Position changes are one of the few things we can do without doctor's orders. And because of that, they saved probably hundreds of thousands of patients from getting intubated as that information spread across the world. So I think when you're talking about technologies and things like this, there are so many. But what I still find in this crisis is that there is still so many practical things that can be done that will just require different ways of looking at the problem. And I think that's what it's an innovation. But there's so many examples of being able to use extended tubing so that the nurses no longer have to go in to check every time the IV is beeping. Those were the nurses who came up with using those extensions so that the tubing could be in the hallway so they don't have to go in. And one of the biggest challenges that I am petrified by is the shortage of PPE, the personal protective equipment that is not only was a problem and why we started to share program with Sanseal to move over 300,000 pieces of PPE around the country and raise $100,000 to fund it, to hear the stories that these are now running out again of PPE six yes. months into this crisis, and to hear that nurses are sitting there trying to innovate for ways to keep themselves, their family, and their loved ones safe as a simple barrier method and infection control, which we are experts at is where I think we have those, those areas that we need to focus on when we're looking at emerging technologies. That's great. Well, this is all about nursing. I'm your host, Dr. Joyce Batchelor. We're live on the BBM Global Network in TuneIn Radio, and it's time for us to take a short break. Dr. RC will share extraordinary resources and services that promote educational success, as well as making a difference in the lives of all social workers, as well as the lives of children, adolescents, and teens of today. She will have open discussions addressing many of the issues that we face about our youth and how being employed in the uniquely skilled profession of social work for over 18 years has taught invaluable lessons through her personal experiences. She will also provide real-life facts, examples, and personal stories that will confirm that why serving as a child advocate is extremely beneficial when addressing the needs of the whole child. Listen live Saturdays, 10 a.m. Eastern on the BBM Global Network and tune in radio as Dr. RC will provide thought-provoking information that will empower, encourage, and strengthen students, families, and communities across our nation. You can also visit her at Soar with Katie. The opiate epidemic has reached crisis levels, and with so many families affected by addiction, opiate-related drug overdoses, and death, the time is now to have a real constructive conversation about addiction that could lead to better prevention, treatment, and recovery. Alan Charles, author and keynote speaker on drug abuse and prevention, presents The Alan Charles Show. Alan brings a message of hope, sharing his unbelievable story of surviving a 24-year addiction to cocaine and highlights from his memoir, Walking Out the Other Side, an addict's journey from loneliness to life. His raw honesty and courageous heart breaks the stigma of addiction and offers a unique perspective into the mind of an addict. Join Alan each week as he brings his listeners to a true understanding of the grip of addiction. It is only with this understanding that we can begin to heal. The Alan Charles Show, Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern on the BBM Global Network. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to All About Nursing, live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. I'm Dr. Joyce Batcher, the host of the show, and I have two very distinguished guests, Rebecca Love and Shauna Butler, who are telling us a whole lot of wonderful stories about innovation that is happening and the technologies that are emerging and how that can really help us to shape a very different healthcare system going forward. So, uh, Shauna, I was going to ask you if you, you shared 
the drones and some other things as, as things that you're really, really excited about when it comes to technologies. Are there any that are making you a little bit worried or frightened of? Yeah, and I think whenever we're evaluating a technology, I think just like when any time we're doing a new procedure, the first question that we need to ask is what could possibly go wrong? Who could be hurt by this? Who could be left out? And um, when I think about how we're using data right now, um, I think we really need to pause and think about um, what are we doing with that data? Who owns it? Um, do patients have access to their own data? When we're reviewing that, do we have enough data? Do we have diversified data? Do we have, I mean, there are just so many times that when we use data, depending upon where we collect it from, are we leaving people off? Are we introducing our bias? Because when you use data, you're feeding an algorithm. And when you feed an algorithm data that um, doesn't reflect everybody that you need to care for, all you're doing is you're making those inequities more efficient. You're, you're making them happen faster. So, yes, I do think, you know, when we, when we are looking at any of these technologies, the first questions that we need to ask is, how are we doing this in a way that is safe and inclusive? And, you know, when we talk about innovation, you can label it disruptive, incremental, you know, all of those other things. And um, what the only – and I love anything that's going to – move us forward, create progress, new opportunities that have value attached to them. But the one most important piece out of that is to make sure that it's inclusive and that it's equitable. And so, yeah, whenever there are new technologies, those are, I think, the questions that we need to ask. And that's true of any technology. You know, it's interesting I because... Actually, I did want to follow up on some of the things that Rebecca was talking about with the PPE yes. and yes. all the innovations going on there. You know, so we need to be really good stewards of this because to Rebecca's point, um, we are running out again and we are continuing to be in this scramble. And one of the innovations that I've seen with nurses using and, and putting in place for entire teams, and nurses are the ones who are using the most and probably have, as a, as a, as a profession, the greatest amount of exposure, is um, innovations in how we're donning and doffing. I mean, you would think that putting it on and taking it off is low tech, you know, low complexity. But when you understand that that is your barrier of safety and making sure that you don't become infected, that you're not infecting others, there are some really interesting innovations that we've seen in how you actually putting together teams, how we platoon people, how we are, so when they put on their equipment, making sure that it's on, that it's safe, and that all those things are protected. And actually, the greatest time to spread infection is when we remove it. And so that doffing portion and really putting together what is, what is that actual line? How do people go into a room and how do they put it on? Uh, they, they've got watchers and spotters to be able to watch that. And then when they're exiting out, putting together a series of rooms and processes and having, again, somebody spot. So, you know, oftentimes we think about, you know, the shiny, cool things around technology, but there's also processes. There's um, um, a protocol and sometimes we forget about the importance of those innovations. And right now, those are so important. A, as Rebecca said, we are the first and the last line of making sure that infection control practices are, are well practiced, but also to be really, really, really good stewards of that PPE so that it, it doesn't get wasted. Thank you very much for sharing that. I wanted to ask you both what you think about some of the 
non-traditional players that are coming into the healthcare arena like um, CVS and Aetna, Walmart, Walgreens. Do you have any ideas or things that you'd like to share about what you're seeing with them? Yeah, you know, and I, I think to the point that we recognize as nursing that there are these things that are referred to as medical and healthcare deserts across the, the nation, right, where access to care is limited by where you live. And if you live outside of a, a big city and you're living in a rural community, where do you access care? And I think that fundamentally that dichotomy, that access to care is something that nurses have fundamentally always believed is necessary to address. And when you see places like Aetna and CVS coming together and, and, and Walmart moving into all of their movers to actually just announce really to come into their own form of, of, of becoming a, a payer today or, a, you know, a health insurance company. And then you see Walgreens and, and uh, Village MD uh, partner together. You recognize that there might be an opportunity here to start creating more equitable access to care. I think there was some study that was done that showed within almost 50 miles of every American there is a Walmart, right? And so if that yes. exists, and we have 4,500 hospitals in the United States that basically exist along large cities, who is going to be that front door to provide access to care? So I think that what we're seeing is that the business of healthcare is fundamentally a business. It is no longer a nonprofit status. There is a lot of money to be made, and there's a lot of behaviors to be able to drive. So I don't necessarily think that these companies are coming into it because they think it's the uh, the, the right thing to do as a nonprofit status. Not sure. Because it's no, it's about the business of healthcare. And one thing that I just want to point out to the idea of what scares me with the emerging technologies is that in the era of COVID, what we have found is that COVID almost supported the totalitarianism of government. If you look at China and the way they crack down, the systems of which they've used to track individuals and and, and further repress the movements of society, I'm seeing my big concern. And I sit on a, a program called Safe Pass out of MIT which is one of those new apps that are developed to basically track movements and COVID-19 monitoring. And the idea of right to privacy and government infringement is at the forefront of my mind as we look to target, trace, and deal with this disease and effectively also treat it. So I also think when we're looking at the Walgreens and the CVS and the Aetna, it's because there's money to be made off of patients' data. And how are we going to make sure that we keep patients' right to privacy at the forefront of all of these conversations. And, and Shauna, what are you thinking? Yeah, I was going to say, the, the privacy, um, but it's also that, you know, we couch a lot of things in terms of privacy, but there's also sensitivity, and there's also from the standpoint of um, the practicality. And so how are we going to make sure that uh, we can use the data in a way that's got a community and a civic benefit, but also a personal benefit, um, and we're using data and we're monetizing that, but who's gaining the greatest value out of that data. And if it's my data, um, shouldn't I have some access to the value chain that it's a part of? So there's a lot that we need to be thinking about this, and we need to be really mindful about the difference between privacy, sensitivity, and confidentiality, and to make sure that we don't just lump them all in one bucket, because there are some things that are sensitive and confidential that we can use without necessarily... um, violating a privacy issue. So there's a, we need to be doing a lot more thinking, and this is one of the reasons why whenever we're innovating, when nurses are in those conversations, these are the types of things that we think about, and I think that we are the guardrails of decency and morality. 
I think that's a wonderful point. Uh, thank you very much for sharing that. This is all about nursing. I'm your host, Dr. Joyce Batchelor. We're live on the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio, and we'll continue this conversation when we come back. Attorney Renee Marie Smith is changing the way we sell real estate. She wrote a series of books called My Short Sale Guru Guides for all real estate practitioners. Whether you're a homeowner wanting to understand the process, an agent who has been handling short sales for years, or an industry analyst wanting to know how short sales impact your business, Renee uses her vast real estate experience to take a comprehensive look at the recent market phenomena while relaying it in an easy-to-understand format. Through her company, Smith Title Services, Renee has counseled thousands of short sale participants and processed in excess of a thousand short sales. Her knowledge is transformational for real estate professionals and laymen alike, and her live presentations provide people the opportunity to ask specific questions about their issues. Buy her books and schedule her to speak at your next event. Visit www.smithtitleservices.com or call 305-705-3428 or email her at renee at smithtitleservices.com Isn't it time to sell your property today? Learn the My Short Sale Guru way. According to the American Nurses Association, there are approximately three and a half to four million nurses in the United States. So where do all these nurses work? What kind of roles do they have? What kind of education and training help to prepare them for so many different settings? What kind of impact do nurses have on patient outcomes? The World Health organization has announced that 2020 will be the year of the nurse honoring the 200th birth anniversary of Florence Nightingale an international initiative called nursing now is underway to raise the profile of nursing the National Academy of Medicine has convened a committee to create the future of nursing 2020 to 2030 that will focus on how the nursing profession can create a culture of health reduce health disparities and improve the health and well-being of the US population Learn more and join Joyce Batchelor on All About Nursing, Wednesdays from 7 to 8 p.m. Central Standard Time on the BBM Global Network. I'm your host, Dr. Joyce Batchelor on All About Nursing, and we're live on the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. And I have Rebecca Love and Shauna Butler with me this evening. We've been talking about a lot of very exciting innovations that are happening. And I think we had been talking a little bit about some of the different part uh, organizations that are coming into healthcare, like Aetna, CVS, Walmart. And is there anything else that you would like to add about some of the changes or things that you see happening as a result of these new players? I think what's really interesting um, about what Walmart has been doing is addressing the workforce shortage. There is a global shortage. There was one before the pandemic. We're going to have it accentuated even more of healthcare professionals. And they've got a really innovative program within their employee workforce that I think, and go and check on this, the exact um, data points on this, but for a dollar a day, you can earn other, you know, some new degrees. So whether you're, if you're working in their optical department, you can work towards being an optician or an optometrist. If you're in the pharmacy, you can work to being a pharmacy tech. And they're looking at how is it, how it is that they're going to be able to offer nursing degrees. So in addition to being a footprint and a distribution for primary care, as we've learned with COVID, you can get ventilators, you can get ICU beds. You don't have the nurses to run those units and all of the professionals, the respiratory therapists, those units don't run. And so we need the, the, the distributed primary care access, but we need professionals to be able to help people manage their health and their wellness and their illness and their disabilities. 
That's awesome. I did not know about that. I'm going to look into that a little bit more. That's great. So what action items do you recommend to launch or accelerate someone's innovation IQ? Uh, this, this is Shauna. I'll, I'll go ahead and start with that. Um, first of all, I'm, I think part of that is if you've got that, if you're interested in it, first of all, anybody should be playing a role in that. Um, and if you're curious and you want to be that innovator, find your tribe. Go look on Twitter. Follow me. I'm at Shauna Butler RN. Um, there's so many people who are out there innovating. It's a great way to start getting in those conversations. Marion Leary. Um, so many different people, um, the exponential medicine, but that's a good way to start developing the vocabulary and figuring out who's doing what, what technologies, great place to start. And then um, I'm a big believer in going to conferences. Right now, we can't go to conferences in the way we have, and in some ways it's even better because all, like the um, Aspen Ideas Festival just finished up. South by Southwest has been doing things online. So there's a way for us to be in those communities. And you must join Sanciel, the organization that Rebecca has spearheaded, and that is the tribe where those nurses who want to drive innovation, that's where they're finding each other. Would you like to say a little bit more about that, Rebecca? Well, thanks, Shauna. And it, you know what? Sunsiel was about just creating that tribe, as Shauna said, a group of nurses who walked on the edge, saw the future differently, and said, we can find each other and support each other. And that includes people like me and Shauna and the chief nursing officer of Microsoft, Molly McCarthy, and the thought leader, uh, the, the vice president of thought leadership at Beth and Dickinson, Kelly Robkey, and just incredible nurses from around the world who said, we can look at the world of healthcare differently, innovate, and also show the knowledge and expertise of nurses around the world. And the truth is, innovation, if you want to step into it, there's so many resources. Go to a hackathon. Experience that moment. Read one of the books that has been put out there by people like uh, Bonnie Clipper and, and, and the, the Rebel Nurse Handbook and these books that are about how you experience this. And don't be scared to challenge the status quo. And also, another great thing that you should be looking at, and you've been hearing her all night, is download and listen to see you now with Shauna Butler because the stories she highlights are about those nurse innovators that are out there. And the truth is all of us have took a long time to find each other. We didn't follow the traditional path and we weren't sure that we fit into nursing. We weren't sure if that profession embraced what we believed to be transformation. So we look forward to seeing and meeting you in the future. Well, thank you both so much for being on the show. You have given us a lot to think about, and I'm really excited to learn a lot about what you all are doing. So thank you for your leadership. This is, um, you've been listening to All About Nursing, live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. I'm the host of the show, Dr. Joyce Batchelor, and I'd like to just end by reminding you to please wear a mask when you're out, do social distancing, and wash your hands. It means a lot to the caregivers. We, we want to decrease their risk. Thank you very much. You've been listening to All About Nursing with your host, Dr. Joyce Batchelor. Tune in each week and get a daily dose of nursing and the healthcare services they provide and how nurses are finding innovative ways to address the key healthcare issues they're facing today here on Dr. Joyce Batchelor's All About Nursing. We've 
been listening to the BBM Global Network. The ideas, views, and opinions of this broadcast are those of the participants of the program and are not necessarily the ideas, views, and opinions of the BBM Global Network Company. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.